Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming to you today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church here in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. God, I hope you're having a great day today, and I want to challenge you. It's been a broadcaster three since I've said, do three things every day. Number one, pray every day. Have you spent any time at all in prayer today? And I don't just mean vain repetition or speaking words into the air, but I mean, have you prayed? Have you spoken with God, fellowshiped in prayer with the Lord? Pray. Number two, read your Bible every day. Not just reading it to read through but reading it so it can get through you. Read it until God speaks to you through his word. Number three, witness every day. I don't know if you can get out. If you can't, you can use your texting, your email, phone call, a letter, but you witness. Take out a track, pass it out, talk to somebody, but be a soul winner. Every day, if you'll do those three things, pray, read your Bible, witness. It'll be helpful in your walk with the Lord. It'll keep you close to the Savior, and those things are all near to His heart. He wants to fellowship with us. He wants to use us, and of course, Jesus died to save sinners. He wants to see sinners saved, and that's why He's left us here for this allotted time on planet Earth earth is to preach the gospel to every single creature. We've been studying in 1 Corinthians, and we're in chapter 4, and we'll finish chapter 4 today, and we'll move into chapter 5 next Bible study, and I've enjoyed this fourth chapter, and this will wrap it up. Paul has been dealing in this chapter a little bit with the division in the church, and the division in the Corinthian church, of course, is over personality. There are some who would esteem Paul, some who would esteem Apollo, some who would esteem Peter, and others Christ. And they would look on these different individuals and judge each other based on who they followed. And Paul is condemning that, and he reminds them, we are just ministers. We are just servants. We are not the main thing. It's all about the Lord. And he takes their attention and their affection and their accolade, and he points it where it belongs, back on Jesus same thing's true in our day. It is not throwing flowers or roses or pinning medals on the lapel of a man. We ought to give all the glory to God. Now, I thank God for faithful preachers, and we ought to commend them, and we ought to honor them, worthy of double honor, even the Bible says. But all the glory and all the praise and all the credit goes to God. Paul talks to these Corinthian Christians about their attitude. Because of the division, division's always caused by pride, by the way. Now, I know we're to mark and avoid and divide by doctrine, but I'm talking about these little petty divisions inside of churches are usually by pride. Pride brings contention. The Bible tells us that contention only by pride, right? Cometh contention and division. And so Paul has to deal with that pride in their life. And he talks about how they walk around as though they're something and how though they're exalted and they didn't receive anything, but they did it on their own. And so Paul reminds them, hey, listen, everything you got, got you got it from God. You're just a sinner saved by grace. You're nothing but dirt that's been saved. That's it. You and I are the same. We deserve hell. We ought to be there right now. But thank God for amazing grace and mercy. And God saved us. It's not of us. No, not of works, lest any man should boast. We've not done anything. God saved us by his grace. We ought to be in hell right now. 
Paul begins to get into the latter portion, the middle uh, part of the chapter, then the latter portion of the chapter, and he describes what he had experienced in the ministry. He talks about the difficulty. He talks about the uh, adversaries. He talks about the adversity. He talks about the hardships. He talks about the suffering of the ministry, not because he's bitter about it, just to remind the Corinthians that he loves them. His heart is for them, and also to warn them that if they expect to live for Jesus, they're going to experience a little bit of the same thing. And it just goes without saying that if you live like Christ, the world that hated him is going to hate you as well. And don't be expecting applause and affection from the world. It is at enmity with God and all those who will live godly in Christ Jesus. Yes, you're going to suffer persecution. But Paul also lays out the difficulties that he had experienced to remind the Corinthians that it's very evident through that evidence that he loves them. He's not just passing by in the night. He's not just a, a flash in the pan. He's not seeking his own, but he's seeking theirs. He loves them. He had lived for them and labored on their behalf. He'd come and led them to the Lord. And Paul was there at the beginning. And so he's admonishing them, don't just follow all these different personalities. He said, I'm asking you because I love you as a father loves his children to be your followers of me. And that's not Paul in pride. That's Paul showing his affection, his heart, his love for these people. And I mentioned it last broadcast, if you missed it, how you have one pastor. You don't have a thousand. You don't say, well, I have my favorite tele preacher, television preacher. I got my cyber church, my local church. I got this organization and that one. That is, that is not of God. You have a pastor in a church, and it ought to be a church you can physically go sit in if you're able. Not one five states over, not one across the country, not one you see on Channel 3, but it ought to be one down the street, a local church, a pastor who can pray at your bedside and counsel with you in person and preach to you from his pulpit, and you can see him and sit there and shake his hand and smile and say amen. Thank God for your pastor. Don't sell out. Don't give your heart away to all these little uh, theologians on your television screen or these little so-called theologians on your Twitter feed. Hey, you've got a pastor. God gave you one shepherd. He gives you one voice. He gives you one man to lead you. Thank God for your shepherd. And Paul says, hey, I wish you wouldn't be so divided. Follow me. He said, I, I, I got you in this thing. I led you to the Lord. I've discipled. I've mentored. I've taught. Why? Because I love you, and I'm trying to help you. God has so ordained it that I be your shepherd, and you follow me, and I beg in you, in verse 16, be a followers of me. Now, in verse 17, Paul reveals that, thank God, he had a co-laborer. He had a man he could trust. He had a man who would share his heart for those people and his interest in their betterment, and he's able to send a man named Timothy to labor on their behalf. Verse 17, let's read it. For this cause, why? Because he wants them to follow him, because he loves them. For this cause, I have sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. So Paul, thank God, had a man named Timothy or Timotheus here that he could send. And the attribute, the virtue he mentions in Timothy's life is he is faithful. He's faithful. I don't have to question his position. I don't have to question his affection. I don't have to question his agenda nor his motive. Timothy is faithful. It sure is a blessing to a preacher's heart to know he has somebody like that. Maybe he has some deacons like that and some men in his church like that who he could say, you know what, they're faithful. Some young preachers who follow him and say, that young man is 
and faithful. And Paul says, I can trust Timothy to labor and serve and minister for you. I can trust him with what I care about. Thank God for those Christians that God puts in local churches that the pastor can depend on. By the way, you ought to want to be one of those. That ought to be your desire. You ought to have a desire that when the pastor thinks of you, it's not negative thoughts or sad thoughts, or he kind of worries a little bit, but he ought to say, that's a faithful man. That's a faithful lady. I could trust them to teach a Sunday school class. I could trust them to uh, run a bus route. I could trust him to uh, uh, fill in and preach in the pulpit. I can trust him. He has been faithful. Now, verse 18, Paul, again, has to hit on the pride that's in this Corinthian church. Shame on them, but they had pride, and so do we all. But here's what he said. Now, some are puffed up up as though I would not come to you. Now, can you believe it? Paul said, I'm going to send Timothy. And I, 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 and they're like, well, Paul doesn't even care about us. He doesn't come. But in verse number 19, he said, but I will come to you shortly if the Lord will and will know not the speech of them which are puffed up, but the power for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. What will ye? Shall I come unto you with a rod or in love and in the spirit of meekness? So Paul is dealing with the pride of these people and those factions, those divisions that are in this church caused by pride. And Paul said some of them are still puffed up. But Paul said, hey, listen, it's not being puffed up. It's not wisdom. He said, I'm going to come to you shortly, and I'm not going to come to you puffed up. I'm going to come to you in the power of God. Paul leaves them with a question. He said, when I come, how do you want me to come? Do you want me to come? correcting or with compassion? Do you want me to come with uh, with exhortation or reproving and rebuking? How do you want me to come? Do you want me to come with a calm spirit and gentleness and meekness, or do I need to come with a rod and set some wrong things right? So he said, you decide. He said, I want you to make the decision. How do you want me to come unto you? I'll come, and I'm going to deal with the immaturity in this church. I'm going to deal with the pride in this church. But how I deal with it, whether in severity or in, uh, uh, let's see, kindness, the choice is up to you. So he closes out this chapter saying, hey, listen, you've been saying I won't come. Oh, I'm coming. He said, I want to come as a father to his son. But if not, he said, I can come uh, as a as the as a righteous judge, if you will. I can come as a father correcting his wayward child and set wrong things right, either with the rod or in love and in the spirit of meekness. Until next time, pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.